there's been a lot of talk lately about how the physical world connects in terms of infrastructure, in terms of roads and bridges, and all the things that go into making people get from one place to the other with ease. Yeah, but there's a real flip side to this, too. There's a mental infrastructure process, right, Brian? And that actually, I believe, is more in dire need of triaging and fixing and building more than even the physical infrastructure. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Let's let's talk about (laughs) it a little bit. All right, Josh and I are going to riff today on this topic of mental infrastructure today on Curiosity Continuum. everybody this is josh and this is brian welcome to the podcast or curiosity continuum curiosity continuum is an industry innovating non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation we are the essential bridge between the analog digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century we combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways not possible outside of a creative thoughtful diverse community of fellow curious people follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content if you like what you hear and you want to dive deeper visit us at curiositycontinuum.com thanks for tuning in and let's start the conversation so even in our little intro section we talk about a bridge <laughs> right essential bridge which is a piece of infrastructure um josh you want to people know what a bridge is know what a road is but do you want to talk a little bit about how physical infrastructure works. I'll, I'll leave it to the uh, person who studied to be an engineer to just regale <laughs> well, people on that. It, it literally is not rocket science. Physical infrastructure connects people from place to place, right? Um, we have a road system. We have an interstate road system. We have a, uh, you know, airport system. We have, and within that, obviously we have bridges that go over, you know, ro- go over things that you can't drive over. And we have, seaports which are also physical infrastructure so all this infrastructure connects together to and if you ever look at a map of all the infrastructure we have there's a lot of it because uh, the united states for example is a huge nation i mean it's not small and so we have to we connect together and it's kind of amazing really that like i can drive down to the airport and i could go see brian you know and i don't have to really think much about it it's it's taken for granted that this is there right um, but it's not always going to be because it, it, it takes people to maintain it. There's You realize it even more when you go to another country and they have different standards or levels of development of their infrastructure. And you go, oh, wow, like this is a very well thought out system that you like, like Josh said, you just like think it's there. It's always going to be there until it's not. And then you realize right. how much you've become reliant on it. And I think some of the biggest examples right now in the United States are bridge failures, because those are obviously spectacular failures of infrastructure where a bridge will collapse. And, you know, unfortunately, usually people die when that happens um, and that kind of stuff, because usually a bridge just doesn't collapse out of nowhere. So it's, you know, it's over a, a waterway and it's and it's old. And that's the thing. We have a lot of older infrastructure in this country that we kind of need to uh, spruce up a bit. 
So what happens in a situation where you, the infrastructure is not taken care of is that the passengers or the people no longer have the the promise of safety, I guess, right. or like some level of safety. There's also the convenience of a bridge maybe going over like a gorge. And it, it might be even a short thing, but it may save 30 minutes off their trip. Otherwise, yeah. they have to go around. Well, that that's evident here where I live in Florida because we have a lot of waterways when a bridge is like being under construction or you can't use it, it might take you 45, 50 minutes, an hour to get around because you have to go to another bridge or go around everything totally. So it does, it saves time, money, and uh, it's security too. So if you think about it, it's like if you called in an ambulance, you know, it's like, it's just a way, a faster way to get from place to place. And they all serve their purpose and they all do different things. And it's important to know that it is one one ecosystem where many different pieces live. And I think we see that even now too, where um, it goes from one ecosystem to another. Like if you have overseas shipping, if you have something like that, you see that. Yeah. You know, but there's um, long before, like you have long established shipping routes, you have railroads, you have roads. You had to have somebody think about what was needed to get from point A to point B. And there was struggle, like blasting through the mountains for the railroad or building a bridge. Like these are not like small undertakings at all. No, I mean when you look back in history, like the Transcontinental Railroad, right? I mean that was a railroad that went from East Coast to West Coast, and it was completely done. And people were building on both sides to to you know to get to the middle. And it's just an interesting uh, review of history now the building of which was probably not the, the you know, labor that was used for that building was not, you know, the most, um, what we would call like politically correct labor today. People weren't paid. People, it was a lot of, a lot of shystering going on, but that, but that happened and that connected the country, right, Brian? It did. So let's talk a little bit more. Now let's spin this a little bit, kind of talk about the mental side of it, what we call mental infrastructure. So I think where we pick this up is the age we live in now and the generation, I'll call it the Gen Xers really, um, where the last generation, or you kind of have what's called the Xennials, that transitional thing going from Gen X to Gen Y. They, everybody remembered what life was like prior to technological things. Email, yeah. yep. cell phone, it later became social media and things. What happened was, or even like, for example, remember MapQuest? You know, yeah, exactly. You point A to point B. You didn't have to actually read a map. It actually was just, you'd print the instructions. That, that was the first kind of GPS thing. But you didn't have a phone with you. You just printed it out, and then you had somebody reading it, or you read it. Yes. And it would be like, take a left, take a right, take a right, take a left, you know? But it was wonderful, because it was actually yeah. like a personalized trip itinerary that you had right. to do. Otherwise, you you know you spent a small fortune on Rand McNally maps, and you kept a stash of where you went, right? You kind yeah. of un- understood where that was going, and you couldn't ask for help by like just typing in your GPS. You had to read a map, and if you didn't, you had to get out and stop and talk to somebody to figure out where you are, where you're going. Yep. Well, what I've found is that you have all these conveniences that have now been built in to make it easy, and that's like the infrastructure that is got a representative like we talked about today in physical infrastructure. But now if we take it as a mental exercise, the difference of physical infrastructure and mental infrastructure is that the mind grows stronger when it's faced with problem and struggle and it overcomes that. Right. So we're talking about like now that I can just type into the GPS 
where I'm at. It, it actually knows where I'm at, so I can just type where I want to go. I'm not exercising that part of my brain anymore, right, Brian? Yes. Yep. So even like when you talk about uh, exercise regimens, if you want to do a specific activity, whatever it might be, you have to train your mind and your body in this, those cases to not follow the patterns. And that becomes uncomfortable for people because that signals some kind of growth or some kind of change they have to adapt to. Um, because there's so many different ways to, here's 25 different apps on how to get you from point A to point B. All you need to do is not even think about the name of the app. You just type in maps and it's there. It's become so easy to find right. that when there's real struggle that's presented, some people aren't as sure what to do anymore. And when I say that, it's for a, a generation that has never had that kind of struggle never to have had to apply to. their mental fortitude. They never had to do it. They just took it for granted that I can go to my phone or I can go to Alexa, Google, uh, you know, Siri, and just say something and they'll figure it out. It'll help me figure it out, right? So how do you build mental infrastructure? That's something that it's a good term. I think people can now think about it, but... What if we said that there's already good mental infrastructure in place for making it convenient? Is it is it are we is the goal of mental infrastructure to make things convenient hmm. or is it to make it so that you struggle and you have extra built in? For me, I think the goal is I think good infrastructure is invisible, right? Like when we talked about roads and everything, we don't really realize they're there in it in it we but we utilize it all the time and i think the same thing with mental infrastructure personally if if it's good infrastructure we're not going to know it's there but the problem is now like you're saying is that we've had a lot of people have never had to like exercise these muscles before so the minute it, it gets a little uncomfortable a lot of people kind of tap out of it because if you're in a if you're in a rut or just in one way of thinking it's so easy to stay there but what I think what we I think what we should focus on more is why would it be important to flex those mental infrastructure muscles kind of like why would it be important to do something totally different like why would it be important for me to put the GPS down one day when I was trying to find something and you know be, I could still have the GPS to fall back on like if I got totally borked you know <laughs> but what if like why is that important and I believe it's important just because you're creating it's a mental process of thinking it's also it's also just it's helping you problem solve and people when they are problem solving i i think that we just become better all-round people like in all kind of work walks of life like it's going to be easier for you to solve a problem at work when you've solved one in your personal life it's going to be easier for you to have relationships with people because relationships are our work and there's problem solving all the time. But if you just refuse to do it, then it's just kind of taking the easy way out. Right, Brian? Yeah, I want to hearken back to what you said earlier on when you were explaining the different types of infrastructure. You said there's there's planes, trains, automobiles. Yeah, seaports. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, All those different kinds <laughs> of things. Walking, biking. Yeah. And even before you said, like, here's a car and you go from point A to point B. right? Because we started talking about interstates and then you expanded it, Right. But you identified that there were many types of infrastructure pieces that created the, the meta infrastructure, like the mega one. Correct. Right? And so I want to hearken back to that because I think that what's happened now is like, how do you get from point A to point B? Oh, I get in my car, I put on Google, and I go. Yeah. And Instead of just going, I get in my car, then I think about where I'm going. 
and I just go. Yeah. Or how would I like to get there? Right. You know, what's my experience that I'd like to be? Should it be a plane? Should I fly? Should I walk? Should I take and, the interstate? Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely roads that are more familiar and then there are roads less traveled. But I think that the roads that are traveled often are so wide and so convenient that you don't ever explore the road less traveled as much anymore. Right. You don't have to. So you're not going to, you know. So what what makes people want to do that? I don't know. You, you know, like I just I think people are are natural explorers. Like we're curious. Right. Like you just want to do things like I've done that before. I've always said the best way to find out where you're going is to get lost. You know, or the best way to find out where something is, is to just go for it and get lost. And we've done that many times. Like we've talked about our famous trip to Mall of America when we were kids that we we hopped in the car. We said, well, we know it's off 94, so we just keep going. And we didn't go far enough. <laughs> we thought we had gone too far. And we just saw another mall and said, ah, let's go there. But in that whole process, we learned after where Mall of America was. We never yes. made that mistake again to get there, right? Yep. We got there again, like uh, senior skip day. We got there. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we did other things. We found other things along the way. We were like, oh, this is how this puts together. So we started understanding how the jigsaw puzzle of, uh, of the city we, li- we were living by worked, right? Yes. And so that kind of started clicking in our minds. Like I always say that like if you know the pieces around something, the piece in the middle becomes more clear, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's important. There was a, um, my, I was talking to my friend who does, uh, he's a senior developer in all things tech. He was saying, well, I mean, all things tech, I say that very generally, but he, he said yeah. that when you first learned how to troubleshoot code back in the day, and back in the day for that is like, you know, 20 years ago. Right. He said, if you, there's a problem in line 73, you're taught to look at line 72. Right. Because it might be the answer that helps answer what's going on in 73. It's a contextual awareness piece of it. Um, there's this thing, this one of these memes, I pulled it up while we're sitting here, and I love it. It's this picture of this dog, like, chillaxing on the couch. And it says, we were wolves once, wild and wary, stealth and cunning. Then we noticed you had couches. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think, honestly, that picture, though, is like the dog wanted comfort and ease. And we seek out comfort and ease because it's comfortable and it's easy. When you struggle at the beginning of it, every subsequent thing comes easier. Josh and I never got lost to the Mall of America ever since then. But I can probably name a time when you maybe navigated to somewhere where you weren't as familiar, used your GPS, and you've said, you know, I wouldn't know how to get here if I didn't have the GPS. But right. you still don't know after how many times of visiting something to right. get there because you never struggled at first. Right. You never had to make that connection of the new learning experience, right? Mm-hmm. So you never, it's like, oh, my GPS just told me and I just use it again. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the encouragement here for people is to build out their toolkit. Not yeah. every tool applies. And yeah. You, like sometimes you need a hammer instead of a screwdriver and sometimes you need the screwdriver instead of a hammer. And sometimes yeah. you need a different toolbox entirely. Right. So that's the kind of the exercise, right? Like, how would you think, this is what I'm going to be like thinking about too. How would you think to be able to start doing this? Like start, like start exercising muscles on less frequently used type thing. Uh, the easiest way to start is turning off your phone. Exactly. Or have like times when you're not going to rely on your phone, period. Yeah. 
like I've I've started doing that, especially in the evening now. Like I've been trying to kind of tap out on my phone just to spend more time with at home. But I think like during the day at work, even like between, you know, noon and two, I'm not going to use this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going to uh, I'm going to when I go to lunch today, I'm not going to Google what's the best places to eat around me. You know, gonna I'm going to go out and I'm going to explore like I mean, it might take me 15 minutes, but I'm going to go find something or I'm going to ask somebody else where they, <laughs> ate, you know. Yeah. Here's a great way. So you're going out to do errands. Let's say you're going to go to the grocery store. Let's say you're going to whatever. Right. Like leave your phone at home. I know you feel naked when you do that. Like you'd almost rather like leave your pants at home than leave your phone. at home. <laughs> true story. True story. I once forgot my phone going to work. And I turned around and come and got it back. I want then the, like another day I forgot my wallet and I said screw it I got my phone because <laughs> I didn't I didn't even I didn't even care yeah yep so that's how dependent we become on them what do you think right, should we just leave it yeah I, I think agree. so all yeah. right we stumbled through that but let's let's all right <laughs> <laughs> until next time this is Brian and this is Josh for curiosity continuum. Thank mm-hmm. you.